Welcome, everyone. You're now listening to the Say With Your Chest podcast, and I'm your host, Mr. Lightskin Keith Sway. And I'm back again with another episode, season five. I told y'all I'm keep dropping episodes. I'm prepared. I've really been doing a lot, thinking about a lot, working on a lot, and now I'm ready to share a lot. I want y'all to know what's been going on, and I want to provide some helpful tips through some of my experiences that I've had in certain areas. And one of the areas while I've been away, again, I've been quiet, but I've been busy. And one of the main things I've been busy doing is I've been out here selling my house and buying a new house at the same time. And I want to talk about it a little bit. I want to share some of my experiences. You know, this is not my first rodeo. I've purchased a few homes before. I've even purchased a few homes without seeing them in person. I understand logistics. I know what I'm looking at. I understand the process. I understand the the loan process. I understand how you need to go about things and sometimes what I've learned through talking to others is that a lot of people get a little emotional throughout the process. And this is a process that that can take you on a roller coaster ride. But you don't need to let your emotions go on that ride with you. You got to be a little more controlled because if you focus on your key areas, and if you start with that focus, then everything else falls in place and it's really easy, you know, because a lot of people are going to distract you along the way. A lot of people you're going to think are going to be there to help you more than they really are there to help you. Because if they are there to help you, but also there to help themselves, then how much are they really there to help you? Think about that. So. I want to get into it. And so we're going to start off by just talking about selling the home, which is the easier process. Okay. You know, and right now everybody should be able to see that their home has equity, a lot of equity probably during this time period. And so for me, that's what was my main focus you know, my main driving factor. I've been thinking about selling my home for a little over a year now. For me, what brought it upon me was that I start seeing a lot of the developments that was coming up in my area. A lot of new apartment-style homes, a lot of townhomes, a lot of regular homes. You know, they had a lot of new businesses. You could see that the area was really starting to improve. And so I was like, okay, they're building this up. Then a year ago, I refinanced my home. You know, again, you got to capitalize when it's time to capitalize. If you know, you know. And so I refinanced, got that great rate. Luckily I did. 
because I learned some things during that time. And one of the main things was I learned what my lender felt my home was valued at at that time. And so now with me noticing what's going on in the community, you know, I'm talking about a 10-mile radius around me. I'm seeing a lot of growth, a lot of change, a lot of improvement. And so I'm like, okay, wow. I started to even think about, did I have a business that I wanted to start in this area because I thought it would be profitable if I could come up with something that had a really good concept? And so me realizing what my value was a year ago, me seeing what was going on in the community, let me know that at some point I need to start capitalizing on the value that's in my home. Because that value is not going to always be there. The real estate market is fickle. So right now, it's favorable. But the problem is, although you have equity in your home and you can have tons of it, where are you going to go? Because now the price to go buy a new home is also high. And so you have to find that balance. And we're going to get to that. But in selling a home, like I said, this is what motivated me to think about, should I go about selling? And so this was on my mind. I always kind of keep my house clean. Another key area, if you're going to sell your house and you're going to live in it at the same time, are you clean enough to do so? Are you clean enough to be able to allow people to come and see your home while you're not here, but you still are planning on living here later on in the day? You're going to cook here. You're going to sleep here. You're going to still utilize the space. However, you're still going to have to keep it clean as you're utilizing it even more so because you want to keep it appealing for potential buyers. So again, if you're clean, you can do these things at the same time. One, you really want to do it at the same time because you want to utilize the money. You want to utilize whatever profit you might make from selling your home to then be able to buy the next home. Now, some people don't like selling. Some people believe in holding on. Some people say, why not rent? If that's your thing, go ahead. I really think it really depends on how much equity you got in the home and how much you bought that home at. If you bought it so cheap and you know you can get a great rent easily, then cool. But if your mortgage price is already high or is already a nice amount, how much profit do you think you're going to make by increasing it a little bit more? Remember, it's not just somebody coming pay your bills. It's paying a little bit more than the bill. Then also calculating that you need to go ahead and hire someone to manage the property. See, that people forget about. Are you going to manage it? Okay, if you're local, maybe you will. Maybe you can come and fix anything that breaks. Maybe you can be some type of property manager of your own property. 
If you can do that, great. If you don't live near where the rental property is at, if you don't have the time to be able to go, not necessarily on call, but to make it a priority when you receive a call to go check things out, to be able to go and prioritize the need to fix whatever the problem was. Again, you might not fix it, but maybe you can, or at minimum, you know how to contact someone to come out to fix it. Because that's the job when you're renting out these properties. Someone, they're going to call you, and then you're responsible for fixing it, however you need to go about doing it. My thing is, it's also an expense that you have to factor in. For me, I've never bought a home that was so, so, so cheap that I felt it would be worth my while, you know. For me, I'm cool with getting my money up front. It's the same thing. It's about how much more money can you gain if you choose to rent it over time. So it's just a calculation. Me, giving my money up front. I don't want to waste the time. I'll flip it. I'll find something useful to do with it now to get to the next step versus hoping that it generates enough over time. Because again, even if you get that money, don't forget the expense after someone leaves the rental property. Hopefully they left it in a great condition, but what if the property wasn't being managed well? What if they didn't leave it well? What if you really got to come and do some repairs? That's another expense. You definitely have to bring it back up to code and up to a standard that allows for you to rent it out and request the type of rental price that you want. So again, it's a lot of work. Still give me my money. I know what I'm going to get. I don't want to play around. And I don't sell till I know what number I'm going to get. So I believe doing this has been a good decision for me. Like I said, I wanted a little more space, but I wasn't in a rush. You know, another key factor that motivated me in really moving forward with the process was a home in the neighborhood went up for sale and sold in roughly about 15 days and was over the asking price. I said, oh, I'm on to something because I knew roughly around what I thought my house was worth. And their, their house was a little larger than mine. But I felt the difference in what I wanted to ask for and what they sold for. I thought the difference made tons of sense. And so I was like, yeah, I'm somewhere on track. I feel good about what's going on. Then maybe a month and a half after they sold, a home even closer to my house went up on the market. And they wind up selling, took them about 30, 45 days or so, somewhere in between that. And they went for a nice price. Their home was a lot more similar to mine and their sales price 
was right around what I was selling mine for. So I'm like, great. So right after they sold, mine went up. Again, strategic. I wanted to capitalize on the people who missed out on their home. The traffic that that home was generating, now we want to generate that same over this way. And so made it easy, again, clean. Believe it or not, I got an offer from the first person who saw it on the first day. And over time, I eventually accepted it. You know, we went back and forth a little bit, but I eventually accepted it. So mine was sold in less than a week. And so I felt good about it. Again, you know, when you're putting in the work, when you're putting in the time, when you're strategizing, when you're really thinking about things, when you're being honest with yourself, when you're understanding the risk and the rewards, the pros and the cons. Again, this was a process. You know, at this point now, it's been maybe two years since I've been thinking about it to where I'm at now. And I still haven't all the way moved out yet. Now it's the packing process, which again, I was already doing that in terms of the cleaning before even listing the house. So definitely feeling great about being on track. And again, the work you do helps out when you bring in other people. Now you don't need them to have to do much. You can be more of the leader of your own ship and kind of where you need help at. That's when they can come and just fill those voids. They can come and inform you on the things you don't know about versus having somebody come in your house and tell you your house need to be clean when you knew your house needed to be clean before they came in your house. Like small stuff like that. You need to know. And that takes me to my next part before I jump into the buying a new house segment. I want to talk about finding a realtor. Because what I've learned, and I've done some research, I asked some questions to a good bit of people. And basically it's came back through everybody that, I know who bought houses. It's almost a requirement to have a realtor to buy a house. That's what I'm learning. To buy a house and to sell a house. Although there are some exceptions, okay? But for the most part, they make it to where you need a representative, right? Now, for me, I don't think that's really true. I think there are some loopholes and you have to find out where the loopholes are. And I want to share a few. So one of the things I noticed was, hey, if I'm going to do all the research, if I'm going to research through all these realtor apps, homes and see what will catch my interest. And you can even call those numbers on those realtor apps if you have a pre-approval letter and go and see homes. You don't have to have a realtor at that time. You just got to have your paperwork. And most don't even ask to see it. So that's another thing people don't know. You know, especially when you're learning, I think you need to go ahead and do certain things to get comfortable with the process. 
And so I believe a realtor does not always help in some of that. I think they do help, and I think they can also confuse depending on who you select, depending on how much information you require. Because some people are just smart enough to where you don't need to have already done something to know things to do and not do. You know, at least use your common sense on some things and that's going to take you to good places. To me, I think bringing in that realtor will bring in some extra confusion over time. And like I said, I think you just want to bring them in when you need to. So one of the key things I found was that because I was buying and selling that they had to be someone who would offer some sort of a discount in terms of their rate. See, I cared about their rate. If I'm doing most of the work, why are you still getting your fee? I felt some type of way about that. I don't know. I'm doing the work. I'm telling you what house I want to buy, and I'm just bringing you in kind of sort of to kind of facilitate the process. The rest of the stuff, you know, you got to already have your lender stuff. They don't really do that. They can give you recommendations if you don't have anybody. If you don't know anyone, if you don't have anyone, that's what they can do. But if you have people, then you don't need them for that. But the problem is they still get the same money, whether you're using them or not. So for me, I found that in looking for someone to represent both purchase and sale that who might provide some sort of a discount. And I was able to get someone who was able to provide a discount on both of their fees. And so to me right then and there, that was a nice win in that department because I was doing majority of the work. And so to me, the more you do, the less you need, the more accountability you have for yourself, for your home, for what you're willing to spend, what you're able to spend, two different things, and truly what you need, like, and what you can tolerate. When you're looking to buy a new home, you have to find out how much of a home can I afford? What price can I buy? See, people don't understand that when you're getting a 15-year loan or a 30-year loan, that's a long time. So that means they factor that in a little bit more because they're not looking for their money right away. So when you see 200000 300000 400000 500000 it's not as much as it sounds because it's spread out over that time period. So you want to first start by figuring out what is a bank or a credit union or someone giving out some money willing to give you. And you start that out with the pre-approval letter. Go to a lender that you trust. Maybe you have some experience with, a relationship with, in terms of where you already bank at. Maybe you've had car loans, other home loans, credit card loans, something, some type of banking history with the bank, I would start there. Or a credit union. Credit union is great too. So find out 
what someone will pre-approve you for. After you find that amount, then you figure out roughly, again, rough estimates. Now you figure out, okay, what will my bill look like monthly? How much more would that look like? The main part is you need to know what you can afford. Just because somebody say they're willing to give you some money at a certain interest rate don't mean you want to pay all that money back. Don't mean you want that bill to be triple what you already paying. Just because you can afford something don't mean you won't go and, and spend it. So you got to find out where's that balance at for you in your pockets. So you're comparing that pre-approval to what you think your budget is. So you got to look at your financials and you got to be honest. You got to write down all your bills, all your necessities, all your non-essential items that you still spend money on, what you treat yourself at, your entertainment expense. Put all that up there and then see what you're looking like. And if you're not happy with where you're at, then you need to go ahead and make some adjustments in the budget. If you can cut some things out and then you see it looks better and then you like what it says, that tells you this is where I'm comfortable at. If I add this new amount in with this purchase at this price, I can do that. Nothing over this, nothing, anything less, of course, but nothing more than this amount. And that's where you start. Because right then and there, if you're not comfortable in that department, if you're not comfortable in thinking about the finance department, once you start thinking about the rest, you're going to be very, very emotional. You're going to be very, very confused. And it's going to be hard to make decisions. Because you're going to see some homes that's cute, and then you're going to see them not in your price point. And then you're going to see if you can make it work. Then you're going to see homes in your price point. And then you're going to see you need a little more work than what you're willing to do. And then you're going to have to make decisions. And that's what this process is about. Making a decision. What are you going to buy? This is the harder decision. That's why I saved it for last. Finding out how much more you're willing to pay. Finding out where you're willing to go. And if it's requiring some work, how much work you're willing to do? Those are the type of questions you're going to be asking yourself when trying to figure out what kind of home to buy. Now, luckily, I was able to find that home as well. Just waiting on that process to continue to keep moving on. Everything worked out great. Had a few bumps along the way. Wasn't necessarily the first home. There were a few others. But to me, I think what's meant for you is meant to be. And I don't trip if in the negotiation process things change. Again, don't let your emotions be caught up in making a decision. That's why you got to know where your numbers are at. Because looking for a house, the pre-approval and all that, but then when you get to negotiation, 
then when you get an inspection done after you find a home and the inspection comes back and says some things need to be fixed, then you need to come back and ask them to fix it or give you some money to be able to fix it. And are they going to be willing to do those things or not? Some are, some aren't. So it's a lot of negotiation going on and it's not always going to go smooth. And for me, it didn't go smooth on the first two homes. Someone outbid us on the first home and then on the second home, the damn builder changed their mind on some things during the negotiation process. Again, you got to stay in your number because if they change or they don't want budge, you got to figure out what you're willing to do. And so I'm glad to finally have found the new house. I think we all are going to be happy. The space is going to be great. The new location is going to be quiet. And we're going to start some new memories over that way. You know, and so I did have to bring in the realtor a little bit more in terms of in looking for a home. And so I want to give you some of those pros and cons about that. So in my opinion, I feel like the financial side of buying a house is the most important aspect that I do think that most people don't spend the most time making sure that that is the strongest, most certain area that you have when it comes down to buying this home. You need to know every aspect of the money. Other pieces that people don't think about because you see initially the cost of the home, but you also have to make sure that you factor in insurance. You have to also make sure that you factor in your escrow that'll eventually pay for your property taxes as well. So all this should be built into your mortgage price. Again, it's the home purchase price. However, you need to account for taxes as well as insurance that is paid through that escrow account, but it's in a monthly bill. So that number is a lot bigger than you're going to really think about. So even if you think you can afford a certain amount, make sure you add in a few little extra $100 for comfort, for security blanket to make sure that if some numbers are a little higher than maybe what you initially thought, you still have coverage because you wasn't only calculating numbers at the top of your budget, you was factoring in a little cushion. Because you're gonna also need to know after you factor in what that payment's gonna be, then what they don't tell you up front is that you have to put down some earnest money once you finally put down an offer. That earnest money is more than likely going to be a few thousand dollars, depending on the purchase price of the home. So keep that in mind. You do have to give some upfront money 
just to start the process, just to show that you're serious. Luckily, the earnest money is credited towards your down payment. But speaking of your down payment, they're looking for you to spend between four to five percent or more, depending on how you want to do your interest rate. And that four to five percent, again, depending on the purchase price. For me, you know, you're roughly thinking between fifteen, twenty-five thousand dollars that you have to give up front. They want to know, can you cut them a check? Again, it shows how serious you are. You don't just get to say, yeah, I can make a payment. You got to put something down as well. And so that's why it's very important to, if you already have a home, make sure you sell at home first. Make sure you're comfortable and confident in selling at home. You're not really playing games so that you can utilize the money from that to then be able to go ahead and buy your next situation. Because right now, they're preaching, oh, the interest rate is high. Again, it's not that bad. Is it higher than it used to be? Yeah, gas higher than it used to be. Eggs higher than it used to be. Everything higher than it used to be. And they're trying to sell people to say, hey, Oh, you'll be able to refinance in probably six months to a year. Everything's going to come down. That's just a sales tactic to get people to buy. Yes, it should come down at some point, but they don't know when it's going to come down. They just want you to buy right now. And so you need to be careful. Sometimes you can put more money down to be able to get that interest rate a little lower. They call it buying down the interest rate. So Keep all that in mind. You have options. However, don't get caught up emotionally. Please know your budget before talking to people. Because after you know the money, you need to then get you a realtor. Now, again, you're bringing a realtor in not to go find your home for you. See, that's the misconception in my mind. You need to be looking in my opinion, I feel like in order for you to get the best home that's going to work with your budget, as well as all your other necessities, location, schools, your commute time to work, to other activities, if you like to hang out, if you socialize, if you have hobbies, how long will it take for you to get to and from? You have to calculate that to determine is this house too far or is it just right? And for me, I believe bringing in more people means bringing in more opinions. And not everybody is going to understand what you're trying to do. I said this earlier. Sometimes you have people who have their own motives as well. And although they might be helpful along the way, they might can't help you as much as you need because you need the focus to be solely on you. And I had a realtor, brought her in late after looking at homes, after feeling comfortable about the process, after seeing what the market is showing. She wasn't called until I felt comfortable already, you know, until a house was already ready to make be made 
she wasn't called until everything was ready. She wasn't called until it was time to put in an offer on a new house, you know, which then felt so much better because now I didn't need you to come sell nothing. Now I didn't need you to come in and ask a bunch of questions and like you needed to come help me find my house. That's what a lot of people are utilizing their realtors for is for the realtor to go and do all the work and send you a whole bunch of suggestions and coordinate and schedule and then take you on all these visits. And yeah, I didn't operate like that. I kind of dictated a little bit more. I structured based on my schedule, my availability, you know, but I did a lot of things from the apps, looking at the homes and being honest to say, hey, does this really fit the needs? Does this really fit the budget? And found a few options, had some possibilities, and eventually got to something that actually was my favorite house in the beginning and eventually came back around and an offer was made and accepted. So, hey, look, do your research. You don't have to rush. And what's meant for you will be for you. You know, again, there's sacrifices, though, that comes into play. Because everybody wants a nice house. Everybody wants something new. But there's things come with that. And so after you find your realtor, after you know your budget, the most important thing is understanding what are you going to be comfortable with in terms of where you're going to be comfortable living. Because your house is everything. Where you lay your head is everything. Your peace of mind is everything. You want to feel comfortable. You want to feel safe. And your home is a huge part in making those decisions and feeling good about those decisions. Not everybody is comfortable with doing repairs. Not everybody looking for a fixer-upper, looking for new projects. Not everybody handy, talented in terms of being an artist, can paint. A lot of y'all can't even color inside the lines, let alone paint some walls but a lot of times what you realize is it's not that everybody is a great painter or not i painted my garage had some great help though but i painted the garage didn't go hire anyone but what you learn is hey i can do a pretty good job for me if i take my time buy the right tools figure out what's needed watch a few YouTube videos if necessary and make some attempts because when you go spend your money to hire people, a lot of times you thinking you about to get some perfection and they come in trial and error on your shit too. They come and experiment and they say they can do something cause they didn't did it before, but does not mean they're an expert does not mean they're perfect. It just doesn't mean that a lot of times you see, we get to critiquing others when we're getting them to do things for us that we probably could have done ourselves. And then we find ourselves being a little upset, a little bothered, a little frustrated. Whether it be someone you hire, whether it be when you're out and about and you order food and you don't like the service, you don't like the product. 
And I get it. You should like what you spend your money on. But what people should also see in that equation is that stop asking other people to do things that you can do. You'll be a lot ha- you'll be a lot happier when you're doing it yourself. You'll get the results you really want when you're the one doing it. Because you can't blame nobody when it's you. So everybody moved differently, but it's very important when buying a house to figure out where is your comfort zone? What are you willing to do and what are you willing not to do? Because the things you're not willing to do that still exist, you need to already figure out what is that going to cost you? Because if it's more cost than what you're willing to spend or that you can afford, then maybe this is not the house for me to select. I saw a lot of homes that had good potential, needed a lot of work though, a little bit more than just some TLC. They needed a lot more construction and some some handy work. And although I saw a lot of equity that could come back, I also had to factor in the amount of time that things may take. You got to realize that, again, we're in a recession. Inflation is at its highest. And we have to be honest with ourselves. We got to know you're not going to get the same quality as the amount that it costs to buy these type of things, to purchase these type of services. And so factor that in. Now, I have a big project in the new house luckily putting some money to the side already thinking and budgeting and preparing already making some sacrifices because i wanted to go in ready to upgrade a lot of things not just the house ready to just upgrade some unnecessary things and then when you go and you you finally conclude and you see what the numbers really look like and you see what the final numbers really look like, you got to be honest with yourself. Because you go and you buy your new house, you go and buy your new car, it's almost similar like people go and buy their groceries and then come home and realize they don't want to go cook. And then they say, okay, I won't go eat out now. And it's like, well, why did I go spend two, $300 on groceries when now all of a sudden I don't want to go and prepare anything? Again, people can't be lazy because laziness affects your dollars. And so... Everybody got to find that balance for themselves. And I had to figure that out again. There are going to be some sacrifices, but there's going to be tons of upgrades. Again, I thought I might go to the furniture store as soon as I get into the new house. Ain't no window shopping. I don't like that. I like to go create me a budget, figure out what I'm comfortable spending, and then go spend it. I don't go do all that questioning myself. Again, if you're asking yourself a lot of questions while you're trying to make a decision, you didn't go ahead and prepare enough. Your budget is not strong enough. You're not able to make real strong commitments that you're going to hold yourself accountable to. You're unsure, and I get it. A lot of people be unsure in life. But being unsure means you shouldn't make no decisions until you're sure. Until you're not gonna change your mind when you really gonna stand on some shit your words supposed to mean things 
But people say you could change your mind all the time. I don't know which one is it. You can't be changing mind when you're buying a house. They give you about five days, five to ten days to make a few decisions. And usually it has to come as a result of the inspection not coming back good or maybe your funding wasn't what you thought it could be. If you can't pay for it, they canceling that. That's why they have all these preliminary steps that you have to do to continuously show how serious you are. So I hope this has been somewhat helpful. I really wanted to share with y'all the biggest thing I've been doing basically during my downtime when I wasn't recording. I've been preparing my house to sell and I've been buying a new house. And so a lot of people ask in the beginning, oh, you gonna do it all at the same time? I'm like, yeah. See, again, you can do a lot of things at the same time when you're prepared, when you're committed, when you're holding yourself accountable and you're able to make decisions a lot easier. And then all of a sudden, you're able to do more. That's how I live my life. It's very effective for me. But the key thing is I have to hold myself accountable. Again, y'all, don't be afraid to make changes. Don't be afraid to upgrade yourself. Everybody want to upgrade till they see the work that it takes to get to the upgrade. It takes work. It takes real sacrifice. Not everybody like to move. Me, I don't mind moving. Now, the older I get, I'm not carrying stuff no more, y'all. <laughs> now, I haven't got to the rich stage to where I'm allowing people to come in and box all my stuff up for me. But I'm definitely at the stage in life where they can come and pick up these boxes and put it in a storage truck or they could put it in a pod. I'm with that. So I'm definitely not carrying stuff up and down steps. I mean, went from a two-story house to I'm going to a three-story house. Could we go and get this basement now? Levels, baby, levels, baby. You know what I mean? So you have to go ahead and be honest with yourself and know where you're comfortable, but also know that you should treat yourself because you work hard. And you deserve certain things. But people got to realize we have to stop spending our money in places that don't bring back true benefit. I've had to tell myself that before. We've all been there. We all spend money badly. You know, like we don't come from money. So when you get a little bit, you don't always know what to do. If you're watching society, if you're looking at social media, it's not always sending the right messages. That's truly helpful. It's a lot more distractions out there. Again, don't fall for the distractions while you're trying to upgrade yourself. Work hard, work smart. Make sure them finances are together. You have them together, the rest of the stuff going to fall in place. You have a lot more options when you're money right. And you're thinking about it, that's going to help. Again, don't be scared, though. With change can come reward if you're changing and being smart about it, holding yourself accountable, being honest. 
There's always light at the end of the tunnel. If you did your homework, if you did your research, if you was being prepared. Thank you.